Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. So today we're going to talk about our mailbag, which is basically the letters that our listeners are sending in. And thank you so much. We love these letters. We love so, talking about it. Yeah, they're so varied too. I love just hearing like people's struggles are, they're real, you know, but they're answerable questions, which just... And totally different from one another. Yeah. I Also, I mean, we thank you for your reviews. I mean, we've... We've been getting great things said, and it's just so nice to hear that we're making an impact out there. Yeah, I, I know absolutely. that us in this little closet, you know, it's <laughs> like, closet. does anybody hear us out there? It's really nice. Yeah, really nice to fantastic. Hear from you. So, okay, we're going to start with one. This is a male listener, and he writes that the thing for me is, and maybe others have the same situation, is what do you do when you're not in a relationship? As a single divorced male, I'm familiar with the topics from my past relationship and have learned that for us, maybe things were not so bad after all. But at the moment, it's just notes for future possible relationships, if that even happens. But, you know, we're all male, masculine and sexual beings at this age. And if sex is not practiced, is there anything that we can safely do or do you just let sexuality die? Oh, my goodness. I hope not. Oh, I don't, I don't want it to die. Too. No, no, no. Not at all. So the the question I hear him asking, Lori, is if he's not in a relationship right. and not pursuing that, is there, are there ways for him to be able to still fan that flame and still – and I also hear a little bit of asking like, 
he didn't recognize in previous relationships how good it was. Yeah. Right. And so how, how does he kind of live forward in that and kind of begin to develop that for his next relationship? Yeah, I think that, you know, our expectations about sexuality are so high and people don't realize how much flexibility is needed, how much work is needed at it, mm-hmm. and how much people struggle with it. Oh, yeah. You know, and how much maybe they could learn if they were dealing with it to get through that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I imagine this guy has some regret, hmm. you know, like wish I'd known then what I know now. Yeah, <laughs> and with that regret, I would wonder if he's what part of that he's still holding on to. You know, I think part of the work that he could do right now, it would seem, is to look back and see – what is the baggage from that previous relationship that he's still carrying forward yes. that he could po- that could possibly trip him up in yes. in future relationships not just why that relationship ended but sexually as well why wasn't he satisfied in hindsight he's saying he should have been more satisfied mm-hmm. but apparently he he wasn't and what does he need to know in terms of going forward about what's appropriate mm-hmm. to think about and maybe maybe he's better sexually maybe he understands more now about yeah. how to please her or what a woman might need. I think that this idea of maybe letting sexuality die is so sad to me because I think our sexual drive is what pulls us into relationship. Hmm. I mean, it's what keeps us. I mean, it's it's not just the spice. I mean, to me, it's so much of an essence of the driver, you know, in relationship. I know that developmentally when kids are adolescent and their puberty starts, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, part of the The reason we go through puberty and to feel this gigantic surge of sexual feelings is it helps us in this transition from being a child in our families Mm. to being an adult outside. I mean, that's the bridge. Yeah. That's what causes us to leave the garden, you know, leave the nest nest is to go out there and find our own partner. And that's what the drive is all about. I think it's part of what calls us into attachment to another. Yeah, that, you know, hopefully satisfying adult life. Well, because it's the ultimate connection, right? It's the ultimate connection with somebody else. Yeah, and, yeah. So I, I don't think he should let it die. And I, I mean, I think how do you keep it alive? I mean, I think there's several things. I think it's fine to masturbate when you're single, and yeah. I mean, I think masturbation is something that happens probably pretty normally throughout even married life. The, the question becomes on if it's something that's too much and it keeps you from being sexual with your partner, or if in some way the fantasy part of masturbation interferes with a reality-based sexual yeah. life, right? Basically, if it keeps you home alone at night on a Friday night, right? Maybe, maybe be looking at something, right? Else. And and if I mean, if you are not dating or maybe have fear about that to get out there and find somebody, yeah. and you're substituting masturbation for that, you know, okay, I'll just be self-contained here. Mm. I won't need. I mean, this is this is the big problem, right? Is um, because our sex drive causes us to need, yeah. you know, maybe satisfying it ourselves causes us to be complacent about real relationship and finding something that would be satisfying on multiple levels. Yeah, so you don't risk in, in trying new relationships. You yeah. don't work on yourself. You don't look at how you can be better. It's just kind of yourself closing down mm-hmm. in on yourself. It's a, it's a big self-focus, right? Mm-hmm. And I love what you're saying about risk. Yeah. I mean, I think it is such a risk, right, to 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 try again. Yeah. I mean, when you've been hurt and something hasn't worked out, you're divorced. I mean, for a lot of people, there's a lot of grief and fear about vulnerability again. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, because it, it opens you up to hurt. I mean, I think that's the essence of relationship in general mm-hmm. is that to be able to be in a loving, caring, supportive relationship, even to be in one that is sexually expressive. Yeah, <laughs> well, to be in one that is ex- sexually expressive too yeah. is, I mean, there's a risk there that you could be hurt. I think, honestly, to love is to be hurt. Yeah. I mean, right? I mean, I don't know any relationship that is so perfect that they don't hurt each other, you know, yeah. in small ways and big ways and that adjustment of learning to love. I mean, loving is very difficult and loving sexually mm. is really difficult. It's something, I mean, we've been married a long time and, you know, something we still are working out. Yeah. I wonder too about, there's an assumption that I think that he's making and that I hear in that letter. And I want to, you know, what what your thoughts are on this, that keeping your sexuality alive is so tied to the act of sex itself. Yeah. And that there's other components to it that is obviously a big expression of our sexuality mm-hmm. is actually having mm-hmm. sex. But that there is a component to it that, is, that goes beyond just the act itself. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I think that sort of to have your antenna up. Mm. in terms of catching the sexuality that's out there. To be open as a sexual being means that we're open at all times, right, mm-hmm. to the sexuality of others around us. Even when we have chosen fidelity as our path, our mm. uh, monogamy, and we're married and we've made that commitment, I think closing off too tightly to the sexuality around us kind of makes us more dead inside. Mm. I mean, I I guess I think about it as... You know, you hear the sexual song from high school and, yeah, you remember that old boyfriend or you, you know, you're at a party and, you know, somebody gives you a compliment. And I mean, if you're too tightly closed, you can't enjoy that and it doesn't feed your natural sexual self. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think especially I see this, uh, particularly in people who, once they marry, I, I'm probably thinking of women, but I think that's too stereotypical, but women in my practice maybe, mm-hmm. who talk about, you know, once they get married, they just, they draw their boundaries, which is yeah. appropriate, uh, but then they close it so tightly that they never are aware anymore of somebody finding them attractive. It's like, well, I don't even pay attention to that anymore. Mm. It's like, I'm not saying that they should give attention to that, sure. but noticing that and, and being okay with it and enjoying it and saying, okay, I am a sexual being yeah. is, is a good thing. Yeah. I like what you're saying. And I think in that there comes with that notice a building up of who you are Mm -hmm. as well. Things that make you more confident, things that in yourself, things that make you comfortable with being vulnerable, Mm -hmm. right? And comfortable with risking. Like we were talking about doing some work on those type of things. I think also fans that sexuality or doing the the work that uh, any guilt that you have over past relationships or yes. hurt, like the, when you, the psychological work, the psychological there. work. But yeah. you're also talking about other kind of work. What, what do you mean when you say that? I, I do mean the psychological work. I think it's also the work on developing who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Like if there's areas where I think we're always growing and changing and evolving as people, that is attractive when we it are, is. when we are it fully, is. when we are fully who we are, I think it's attractive to to others and it pulls people in. And then it's then it's, you know, that's hot in the bedroom, you know, like that. It's much. I think we would all most of us would agree that when we are around people that are fully who they are and fully fully alive, alive, fully comfortable in their own skin, that there is there's something that's magnetic about them. And so that to me keeps that sexuality going so that when he does find a partner, like he steps into that so fully and so completely that there's a sexual energy to that as well. Right. I, I have a patient who is in a pretty sexless marriage and 
And I know there's been mailbags about that. We we really got to talk about that too. Like, what do yeah. you do when you're in a completely, totally sexless marriage, and you're not going to leave the marriage? You know, and yeah. I, I think this is part of it. But I think that there are people out there who this particular patient who. You know, he probably, after the children are grown, is going to leave the marriage, you know, but he's so shut down and there's mm-hmm. so many problems internally. It's like, look at you, you have a, a ways to go yeah. to become an attractive partner. And I, I think this avoidance of life and avoidance of sexuality is mm-hmm. the shutdown in and of itself yeah. is something that is problematic. Right? Yeah, it's and just it, unattractive. It, yeah, where the, you clam up, like you right. withdraw into yourself, uh-huh. and so you're not putting anything out into the world like that, right? I mean, that's... Right. And I would say in in a relationship, either a complete focus on your partner, you're not giving me what I need, versus being empowered to say, what do I need in life? What, What creativity, what friendships, what other things enliven me, which actually Mm. makes you a more attractive partner to that, to your spouse, right? Or the person who says, I- I've given up, you want too much from me, you demand too much from me, I'm just going to close down and not give you yeah. anything, and I'm going to you know, just go completely in this other direction. I mean, both of those are dysfunctional patterns mm-hmm. that kill sex. Oh, yeah. In the, I mean, sex will die in both of those directions. One will be strangled and the other will be starved. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a fun way to live either. Exactly. I mean, for ourselves. Well... Okay, so we'll come back with mailbag question number two. Thanks for listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Wanting Sex Again. How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido, from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy improve your sex and improve your relationship with awakening center for couples and intimacy find out more at awakenloveandsex.com and sign up for their next couples retreat weekend hosted by Lori watson awakenloveandsex.com awaken what's possible it is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy 
to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthew's with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. All right, welcome back to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. Lori, this question is centered around the idea of chronic pain in relationship. And this is the question. I want to know how to have a satisfying sexual relationship with your partner when one of you, in this case the wife, has a chronic pain condition. There are so many issues, the obvious physical obstacles of, in my case, nearly constant all over muscle tissue pain from fibromyalgia and also lower back pain that presents problems with intercourse. Mm-hmm. Some of the other issues are the emotional ones that come up from our partner about not wanting to hurt me or being hesitant to initiate and avoiding sex and guilt if there is any pain involved, which mm. sometimes can't be avoided in the process of trying to figure things out. Right. So it's such an important question because so many people over the lifetime struggle with different issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly, and I think we have a mailbag question about this that we'll talk about in another date, but there's sexual pain problems. Sure. But this is just a disease state that causes her physical pain all yeah. the time. Yeah. So how do you stay alive sexually yeah. when that's happening? Yeah, especially in something like the issues that she's talking about where touch is a problem. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, any, obvious, touch any touch is a problem. can be really problematic. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. I mean, I know it sounds gimmicky, but honestly, this is what it's created for. I don't think of them as toys at this point, but Mm. a tool is there's these cushions that you can buy. They're foam sort of triangles that you can position yourself in in different ways that are more comfortable uh, Mm. because certainly the first thing she needs to say is – what is the most comfortable sexual position for me? Yeah. You know, when is it? Maybe him lying on top really does not work because there's pressure points everywhere. But maybe from behind, you know, if she were supported well instead of just trying to support herself, which would be hard, but if she had kind of a support system with pillows and these wedges, I mean, that might be something that, you know, she could do and there isn't as much maybe weight from his contact that that would feel good. Yeah, so you're you're talking about just some very practical solutions of from positions yeah. to um, using to- a vibrator maybe so toys that or there's tools to kind of help out. Definitely, like arousal is faster, so that yeah. you're you're not necessarily as encumbered, as tired, things like that. That would be helpful, I think. Yeah, that seems to me to also talk to having to have a relationship with your partner where you explore what is comfortable and what is not comfortable. So mm-hmm. that's there's going to be require a lot to talk of con- about talk it. About it right? yeah. And I think I think dealing with the disappointment that perhaps spontaneity is reduced in this relationship, right? Mm. I mean, you're not necessarily going to be able to pull the cushions out and get it all set up. You know, I mean, you have to kind of plan for that. Yeah. I, I think so many people I hear out there are so disappointed, particularly in the loss of spontaneity. Why? Why uh, do you think that is? I mean, that, I, I I don't know because that that's not necessarily something that I worry about. Yeah. I mean, it's like to me, if we're planning it, I'm looking forward to it. If it happens spontaneously, that's great too. But I I don't think of it as a loss. I mean, there have definitely been seasons in my own life that 
Our life yeah. situation is impossible with busyness. Yeah. You know, it's just impossible. If, if we don't set aside to me kind of a sacred time mm-hmm. to be together, and, and that doesn't necessarily demand sex, but it's like it, there's an expectation. And to me, that's, that's like, oh, Saturday mornings are coming, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's something to look forward to. I, I don't understand this resistance that people have to that kind of yeah, I set wonder, aside time. I mean, I know we're talking about chronic pain in this instance, but the, I mean, I think it goes to any difficulty that kind of interferes with that kind of idea of sex. And I think maybe it's a cultural one. I mean, in every movie we see, nobody plans sex. Right. Like nobody right. has to has to deal with. There's no the, date on the calendar. You know, you don't have to deal with closed quarters. You don't have to deal with other children uh, contact like there's no yeah. it's wherever you wherever you do it if, if you're in the mood you just all of a sudden do it <laughs> just you know, combustion just it just happens but i would say i mean i think truly the bulk of people out there have to make time and space for it mm. don't you think oh I mean, absolutely yeah i mean they especially with a busy life they have to and then with aging and with disease states that might come as we age I mean, there are special needs that happen that say, look, it's a top priority for us to remain sexual. So we have to make some provision for that for the special needs that happen, whether it's ED, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, you got to take Viagra 30 minutes before. Big deal. Yeah. Big deal. It's like, okay, work on her (laughs) for that 30 minutes and forget about it. You know, I just I just do not get the big deal about that at all. Well, I mean, it's a big deal to be a big deal. I mean, I I mean, I'm (laughs) sorry. I don't I don't mean to say that I'm unsympathetic to to how difficult this is as a male to have this problem. But well, but I think that there's roadblocks like the one that we're talking about, whether it's cultural, whether it's what your expectations are about sex. Mm -hmm. And here um, in this specific case, like you're moving past kind of the high romance, high spontaneity, high. Right. I mean, there still can be romance in it, yeah. but but just moving past what your expectations are, mm-hmm. th- that sex is going to be or how it's going to be set up. Sure. I think there can still be a lot of pleasure, a lot of satisfaction in that. Um, but kind and of, I, I mean, as I think about fibromyalgia too, and in many disease states, the good news is it's often not the disease state that mm. causes the sexual shutdown. It's maybe the lack of accommodation. Mm. I mean, maybe for her, touch has really changed. Yeah. I mean, maybe she can enjoy touch like her hair brushed. You mm. know, oftentimes fibromyalgia doesn't impact the scalp. Mm. You know, or maybe her feet massage gently, and and these are warm ups that you know, remind her body to come alive and to be awake again. And maybe she can touch in ways that still turn him on. Mm -hmm. And so that they use his sexual excitement as a tee up to Mm -hmm. the event and to the moment. Yeah, I would explore a lot of different things. You know, what kind of music do they like? Can they spoon together and hold each other naked for a period of time? Can they be in a bath and maybe mm. soap each other up in a way that's really gentle and slick and sexy, but it's not necessarily a pressure point. Yeah. You know, so maybe those kinds of things can happen. So, the, yeah, so this couple may want to invest in a large bathtub or a hot tub. Everybody even. needs to invest <laughs> in a large bathtub. I say hot, a hot tub too. Hot tub too. Hot tub too. Okay, yeah. that hot tub too. That's a good one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, that's. You're talking about just the context that sex happens in. Uh, we've talked about this before 
about the setup of the bedroom, like yes. that it's that it's sa- that it's comfortable. Yeah, I actually I had a patient like listen to me about that, and they're like, "We got to change the bedroom." Yeah. I'm like, "All right, this <laughs> I, is great. You're like really listening." I I had some clients too that listened to that one as oh, yeah? well, and she was super excited because she went <laughs> was she bought all new furniture. <laughs> he was less excited <laughs> about that podcast. Oh, that's but, funny. But yeah, I mean, I think they the setup. But really, it has, should look like a really, hotel room. It should look like a hotel room. Yeah, I know. I, I'm thinking of getting on that uh, Raleigh makeover show, <laughs> you know, the one that they like come over and do your house. I'm like, okay, I'm a sex therapist. I need my bedroom done. You know? <laughs> That's right. The, and the ensuite <laughs> too, please. <laughs> but I think that just we already have the hot. We have the tub in the bathroom. That that is to me a winter sex lifesaver. There you, you know, go. Because we warm up. <laughs> <laughs> and I need to be warm. That's right. That's right. But I mean, I think there are, those are things that people just don't think about, but they do have a physical effect on us. Yeah. I mean, it allows our body to relax, um, which is going to reduce pain. If you're right. if you're if you are tense, like whatever you whatever you suffer from, if you suffer mm-hmm. from chronic pain, the tenser you are, the more stressed you are, the more that your body's going to hurt. Yeah. Um, and so it's the environment that you engage in sex is going to have to be a relaxing uh-huh. one, don't you? Uh-huh. Don't you I think? think so too. And as you say that, I think, you know, are there medications that could be timed? Mm. You know, maybe she has pain medication that she could, you know, she really doesn't feel as much an hour afterwards or is mm. ibuprofen allowed um, yeah. so that she, you know, she doesn't have as much pain for some certain period of time. Yeah. And are, are there times of the day that she has oh, more yeah. energy? I mean, I think if you have fibromyalgia or something like that, you know, you're probably exhausted by the end of the day. Yeah, nighttime is probably not going to be the best time not as good. for you as opposed to right. maybe early morning or mid-afternoon. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it, this reminds me of my breast cancer survivors that I see. You know, so many of them need to, like, educate a partner. This is where I feel. I don't feel mm. anything there anymore. Yeah. This is where I feel now. You know, and there's, like, new erogenous zones that they need to explore and make use of that maybe before weren't as meaningful, but now, you know, they can have sexual feelings, like, earlobes out there you know mm. that's a big one you know yeah. and usually no pain on the earlobe you know? <laughs> yeah well i mean i think that's i think that's so key too because there's going to be an area of her body that is not that is comfortable being touched right right mm-hmm. and so that's really a again the expectation that sex is just going to be intercourse and then and that's it like oh, has yeah. to has to it, it has to be broadened right Right, their idea of what sexual intimacy has to be right. expanded a bit. Sexual intimacy, maybe being being naked together, mm-hmm. maybe bringing each other to orgasm in a way that is, you know, just fast and quick. Maybe mm-hmm. it's bringing themselves to orgasm, but lying next to each other. I mean, yeah. that can be sexy and that can be connecting because maybe you hold hands during it or, you yeah. you know, you take turns. You hold him, he holds you. You know, that's yeah. that's one way. Yeah, and I th- Overall, though, I just I hear an, a need to be able to communicate between the partners and not being hung up on if the ex- latest experiment that they try is painful, not letting that keep them from continuing to experiment and try exactly. different things. And we want to offer couples, because we're trying to help you all keep it hot out there, just a question each podcast you know, that you can talk about with your partner. And today, I, I think we're going back to our first list or our first mailbag question, Mm -hmm. which is the man who was talking about, you know, how can I keep sexual feelings alive when I'm single and I don't have a partner? And what we'd like to ask you to talk to your partner about is 
what was the best sexual, most alive time that you had sexually? And uh, what was going on for you at that time in your life? Yeah, I think that's a great way to begin to just ease into exploring your fantasy, exploring what was happening with you, what what's what's different now that you may want to add back into your life um, right. that was going on then. And, and, and I, we, of course, we suggest tact. Oh, sure. And, you know, not engendering feelings of jealousy or if it was with another partner. I mean, maybe talking about it in a way that's really neutral and kind and, you know, or maybe you talk about it as a fantasy. The best thing I can imagine would be X Mm. uh, because sometimes people haven't shared their sexual histories, which I can't imagine. Actually, honestly, I, I think it's important. But I know that some people feel really anxious and jealous about that, but... Thank you for listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, sex therapist Lori Watson, with my co-host, couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. We love your questions. Send us your mailbag questions and we'll try to answer them. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. 